Welcome to the Oddity Film Podcast for November 24th, thank you, 2020, uh, we are coming 21. to 2021, 2021. <laughs> uh, I definitely don't want to go back in time to 2020, mm-hmm. that would be horrible. Uh, we are broadcasting from E.L. Crosley Secondary School in Font Hill, Ontario, uh, take a left off of Effingham. Why do you specify where we are every time? You get more and more specific. Yeah. Uh, It's got a blue door with, um... It has double doors. There are double doors. There's a mirror outside of it. There's a mirror outside. I love your podcast! (laughs) 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 And uh, later we will get to a review of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, But before we uh, do that and uh, talk about other things, I'm Anderson. Uh, I'm Eli. I'm Ella. I'm Braden. I'm Will. I'm Kewen. I'm Jessica. And I'm Wiki. And so uh, I think before we get on to media sort of stuff, we just received news uh, yesterday that we are going to be changing our schedule for school. Um, so we've had various incarnations of our schedule, but because of COVID, things have become uh, Unusual, and so our current setup is that we have two classes in a day, separated by uh, five-minute breaks, and then a lunch in the middle of the day. But our classes are two and a half hours long, and we were told that we're heading back to a more regular schedule, which is four <coughs> classes a day, uh, an hour and fifteen minutes a piece, with a lunch in the middle. And we were going to go back to this more regular schedule at the beginning of our second semester, which would be the beginning of February, and we just found out that. We are now going back to that more regular schedule in five whole days. What are yes, your thoughts? It's Monday. It's, it's terrible. No, that is it is crap. Yeah. I forgot we did. <gasps> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. I think it's a. I think it's like a little bit. It doesn't give teachers time to prepare. Really. I like it. Yeah. It's way too sudden. Apparently, some teachers knew that it was going to be a possibility. No. Yeah, they knew it was a possibility, but they didn't know that was happening this soon. Even if some knew that, most of them should have, like, Yeah, all known. my teachers are complaining about it because they, like, planned yeah, the year. Yeah. We like, should have foreseen it, mm-hmm. given how quick the board had made changes last year. Mm-hmm. That it's, like, all of a sudden we're going to be doing this on Tuesday. It's Monday. <laughs> We're doing it tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. So the changes seemed very quick, mm-hmm. possibly knee-jerky, and so the best indicator of future behavior is previous behavior, as psychologists say. And uh, so I think we all should have known or suspected that we were going to have a very quick reaction. But being told that the province suggested that we do this for the second semester, I... I thought that was a nice change, but it does seem sudden. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about teachers. We get paid to do this. We'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I'm not really that worried about it. <laughs> I don't get paid to come here. I really? I, okay, ultimately, here's, here's the thing that is kind of messing with me. So how my schedule works is I have a class first period and then a spare. So one week I have class until, what, 10.45? And then I go home. And then se- the second week, it, I have a third period class, and then a fourth period spare, and then I go home. So I barely have school. So now it's just kind of annoying. And I don't, can't really complain because I don't have a full schedule, but let's be honest, if everyone else was in my situation, you'd probably be complaining yeah. too. Yeah. 
I that you know. Was complaining about because his spare is third period, so he's just like there's like that chump thing. He's just like. Mm. I do have four classes next semester though, yeah. so that's not really fun. But <laughs> I wonder about things like co-op. It's yeah, or like they did that. mention that in the, in the email, but I didn't read I didn't, it. Yeah, I, I just saw the Times. So I was like, oh no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I stopped reading. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I know enough. I got the email while I was out with my dad, and I immediately stopped helping help measure him. I was measuring a house with him. Oh, and I'm <laughs> <immediately laughs> measuring him. Yeah, I'm, I'm measuring at home. Measuring your dad for a house. Just yeah. Sure <laughs> no, and and I just immediately like dropped the the tape measure. <laughs> You're just like, I am doing this. Mr. Lafferty, telephone call for you on 05. Mr. Lafferty, telephone call on 05. I wonder what stress levels. Oh. It's going to rock yeah. it. I, um, I kind of like the idea of not sitting in a classroom for yeah. three hours straight. Yeah. I would at this, but at the same time, there's just like... Used to the two hours. Yeah, we've we've kind of gotten used to it at this point. I think if you look yeah. at it this way too, teachers aren't like cramming as much work for one class in. Oh yeah, that is Like true. into one week, like they're, they're probably spacing it out more because they have the chance to. Because with the shorter classes, I literally had a unit test every week in biology, and it is terrible. Yeah, same same with math. It's awful. I had one for math too. Yeah. Yeah. There's also test today. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's also the fact that with like um, a two period system, right? You have a period of work, and then you have break, and then you have another period of work. But with a four-period system, you've got a period of work, and then another one. And it can be kind of jarring. And if you have, like, the wrong classes in front of each other, it can just, like, you won't be in the mindset. Because you won't have that time to reset. And then oh, yeah. it'll take you a bit to actually get in that class. And that's because we've gotten used to a certain sort of situation. Yeah. And knowing the second semester is going to be different, we kind of prepare for that. But I think it's going to be very sudden. Um, I think in the long run, it's, it's much better because I think we can focus on a task for 45 minutes to an hour much easier than we can focus on that for two and a half or three hours. So I think that it's better. I, I worry that the change is going to stress people out students and teachers, and then also because you're going to go from two to four classes, you're going to, I think, have more homework. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's I a don't whole do my issue. homework anyway. I don't, I, I have this mentality of like, if it's week one, the week two classes do not exist to me. So I just do that, but like yep. if I there every day, it's a lot. Also, that means if I like skip school one day, I'm missing four subjects instead of just two. You don't yeah. skip school, right? Okay, no. if I skip school, I mean like I'm ill, not yeah. like just okay. me actually. Oh. My parents would never let me just skip. But yeah, yeah. So you just fake it. I have a few times. <laughs> I'll I'll cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> My parents are aware. Um, yeah, I just I I think that making the change so like maybe two weeks like if they wanted to do it sooner. Like give us two weeks for everybody to prepare, and then we could have started it in December. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or why not just next semester when yeah. everything's new? Mm -hmm. It just seems arbitrary. It's like we can do it, so we're going to do it, which I'm not sure that that's always mm -hmm. wise. And from the majority of people that I talk to, they just they, they seem to think it's good in the long run, but why why wow. now? Yeah. But I I think we'll have a week. It's kind of rough, but I think after that we'll be alright. Mm -hmm. I also feel bad for the secretaries. With Aspen and stuff, they still have no idea how to do the attendance. Mm -hmm. it, it's, and then them going with four periods for attendance. 
that's gonna suck for them. So just to clarify, we have this new attendance software, um, and the secretaries the secretaries are fantastic at the school. Not that mm -hmm. they don't know what they're doing, but they they never received any training, so they're they're trying to figure out how to do something that they were never shown or, or instructed how to do. Mm -hmm. On an optimistic note, I think um, although this is a bit of a like abrupt change, uh, in the past we've had different, you know, I guess formats of learning, and we've all kind of adapted to them gradually, some fast quicker than others, but ultimately as long as there are resources put in place, you know, to help, you know, students, like, make, like of course teachers will be available to help them, you know, adjust with the work and everything. So I think ultimately as long as that's in place, we will eventually grow accustomed to it again. Because, you know, eventually the, the four system thing will, you know, we'll come back to it. I have a question. Are we going to be dismissed by grade still, like after every period? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Not. That's going to really. That is so annoying. Yeah. They do that. They should just dismiss it by floor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole grade thing never made sense to me because if I'm on fourth, by the time I get down to like second, like three other grades have been dismissed. Exactly. And also, like we're all together during lunch anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just do it by floor. Yeah. It's floor I made still a lot more sense. sense. But then, yeah. then if if somebody has to go from the first floor to like second or third floor, then you're gonna have people just like hanging outside the classroom, clogging up the hall. I don't, I don't know if there's a people clog up the hall anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do that anyway. The stairwells. Oh god. I just wonder what the the validity of these COVID protocols is, anyways. When you can just go to the cafeteria, sit around a table with your mask off, and mm -hmm. and eat food anyway. So like I'm, I don't know. It, it, if we were being careful in all elements of the school, I think that it would make sense because it would be logical, but I feel like it's it's not logical right now where it's like, you can't turn around in the classroom, you can't take your desk, swivel it around to talk to the person behind you, but you can sit across a table with your mask off in the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like sporting events and restaurants. Mm -hmm. There's tons of thousands at sports events, but at a restaurant, yeah. Your your mask can come off, but at the sport event, their mask will come off, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it's COVID regulations out the door. Yeah, I really like the separate lunches because the calf line was a lot shorter. It's so long. Now. It is very long. I'm so upset by that. Why is it so slow? I don't know. It's just it's just People order just like so I think it's because of like debit cards like not working. Yeah, mm -hmm. that. but it wasn't like this before. No, it takes like twenty minutes for it to like. I, I'm on yeah. fourth this week, and if I go down, I don't. I bring a lunch this week because I just can't buy a lunch, or else I miss like half my lunch. Yeah. Well, for people that remember what it was like before COVID, like the the, the lineups yeah. didn't take that long, yeah. and, and I'm not sure sure why. I, th I think they're staffed the same. I just I don't know. Maybe de debit is slowing things down. Has anyone noticed that? I use debit. That's fine. Sorry. That's no, right. Go ahead. But you get there fast, right? I have a spare third period, which I won't be able to abuse anymore, oh. so I was able to come early. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But the lineup, like, goes all the way down the hall into, like, the gyms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The price went up, too, for a lot of the oh, yeah. I noticed. That's what I haven't, I haven't been to the cap this year, but... But the um, price for everything has gone up. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like, COVID has, has yeah. made... Um, it's like in life. Yeah. Transportation of... Mm -hmm. Gas. Yeah, gas Gosh. as well. So like all of that's gonna like be sucked up into the cost of food, I would imagine, and then like regular inflation as well. Like I'll be going to get gas and I'll have this app and I check to see where the lowest prices are. I'm like, oh look, one forty seven, this is low yeah. in the area <laughs> and it's the lowest one for like, you know, twenty kilometers. I'm like, oh, God God, it's a mess, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I've heard people say that it's going to hit two dollars within a year. My dad's no, been saying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like already two dollars well, in the United States. <laughs> or like the but they they sell it by different volumes. So they sell it by the gallon. We sell it by the liter. So while it might be two dollars and sixty five cents in the U.S., that's for a larger quantity, and so mm. it works out to be cheaper than than our gas. How many liters are in a gallon? I want to say four in a bit. Oh. No, or is it no? I've got a conversion no. calculator. It's like two in a bit, isn't it? Maybe. Isn't it? The American measuring system confuses me. Yeah, I don't get. There's it. no consistency. I'm not good with numbers at all. Kieran, let us know. Uh, I'm going one. Give me a moment. Okay. One gallon is three point seven eight liters. Oh. So I was more right. Yes. So like four. Mm. And a UK gallon is four point five. UK gallons? Yeah, there's a UK and a US gallon, so Did they use gallons in the UK anywhere? Or did they they use liters, don't they? I'd assume they would if we use liters. Like how we use centimeters and they use centimeters. Uh well the I think the majority of the world is metric. Yeah. Um I think the US is pretty much like the last country that's using a non metric system. Yeah, we still kind of just measure height and weight by like pounds and feet and inches mostly. I think, I think we should go to hands. Hands and stones. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Bottles of maple syrup. Bottles <laughs> of maple syrup, like yes. the size of the, the bottle. Yeah. Of the and also the the milliliters. Yeah. yeah so okay. <laughs> That's a good idea. Okay, um, I don't think we have any news other than uh, we're returning to a new schedule that has nothing to do with movies or television or music or anything media-like. Um, should we do traffic? No. I think the helicopter needs to move closer to the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so uh, the traffic outside um, is... Uh, big truck, big truck, smaller truck. Okay, I see a transport truck on Highway 20. Um, There's two cars in the, oh, three cars in the parking lot. Three cars. Lucky us. What is the nicest car you can see, Kewin? Say the Honda uh, Civic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bike. Okay. What is that? Like a pedal bike? Yeah. Okay. Did you consider that a car? Get some <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, uh, that black Honda Civic is really nice. There's a beautiful black Honda Civic. I just haven't been in cars leaving. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's your car? There's a red truck. A red truck, everybody. A red truck. A black I'm going to ride a bike to school. There's like a parking spot. There's a company van that just drove by. Okay. I think that's so... Some pedestrians. Some pedestrians. Okay. So there there are people outside driving and walking. And biking. And there's a beautiful Honda Civic. Black one. Oh my god. And Ricky has a switch comb. You should get a butterfly comb. Like the butterfly I will not be spiky too. Okay. Uh, so uh, what we watched? I uh, I only watched one movie, uh, and then uh, I finished the second season of Lock and Key. I don't know if anybody's watched it. It's okay. The comic was really good, and I'm watching the television show. I think out of obligation or hope that it'll get better. <laughs> um. Also finished uh, the television show. I know what you did last summer. 
Mm. It's okay, as well. <gasps> Ooh, I started what about seven minutes into uh, the first episode I thought was going to be my favorite television show of all time. Mm. It is Man Seeking Woman. Mm. You can find it on Disney. It uh, stars Jay Burchell, and it's about this guy who has broken up with his girlfriend, and he is looking for his next relationship, and it is so abstract. Um, so oh, the poster is weird. Why are there flying pigs? <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, it starts out with the breakup, and he's walking down the street underneath. A uh, storm cloud that is just for him, and it's just raining on oh, him. And then like also a cartoon. Fish, yeah, and then fish are falling on him. And then his sister invites him to a restaurant so she can hook him up with a uh, a blind date. And he shows up, and she's like, "Yeah." Uh, so she's just outside, and he's looking around, and he can't see everything, anything. Like there's nobody on the other side of the street. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, you see garbage flying out of this dumpster, oh. and she set him up with an ogre. <laughs> And so he's on this like, date with an ogre, and the ogre uh, doesn't speak English, but they're having this conversation across the table, and it's just, it's bizarre. Um, this seems it's, great. It, I think the novelty of it has worn off a little bit. I'm like, maybe four or five episodes in, mm -hmm. but like about halfway through the first episode, I thought that I was in love with it. Um, it's still kind of fun. Um, Maybe maybe I shouldn't try to devour it so quickly. Mm. Maybe like spread it out. Yeah, like an episode every couple of days. Um, and then I watched uh, I Am Divine. It's a documentary on Netflix, uh, and I'm just pulling up the internet movie database. Um, so. There was this actor uh, named Harris Glenn uh, Milstead. Um, he was a, uh, a cross-dressing uh, actor, and so most of his performances, he's dressed up as divine. Pink flamingos. Yeah. Oh my God. Iconic movie. Um, and so directed by John Waters, and so divine was kind of like his muse. He wrote the majority of his films to kind of fit. Um, Harris's, I guess, character of Divine. Um, I think he's called Divine, whether it's whether he's in drag or not. And yeah. I think he identifies as a male, but as he performs, he performs as as Divine as a female. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was it was really kind of neat. It was a neat kind of character portrait of this person who never really felt like he fit in, and so he crafts this persona to show the world. And it's really neat that he's kind of um, uncomfortable and awkward but then he puts on this like persona that's like larger than life and he became this movie star isn't quite it because they're they're very um, inexpensive films that he performed in but he became like a recording artist and he appeared on television shows and talk shows and it was really kind of neat and he's got a really really fun look but uh, I thought it was Oh, an interesting yeah. portrait. Watch portrait. Uh, Pink Flamingos if you dare. It's uh, it's yeah. an interesting movie. It's is that the one with the dog? I think that's the one. There's the dog. Oh yeah, there's the dog. There's the um couple. There's the women in the basement. There's um. What else? 
I want to become the filthiest person alive. Filth is my yes. politics. Filth is my life. Yeah. Um, so, not for everyone. No, it's not for everyone. Um, but I, I, it, it had a very low budget, but you know, sure. it, did, it did quite well actually. And it's sort of regarded as a cult classic, I think. Yeah. I uh, just came up with news. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, apparently, the person who animated. Uh, stop motion for Star Wars uh, has made a film on his own called Mad God. Okay. It's apparently like an all stop motion animated film with no uh, uh, no oh god no script dialogue? dialogue I don't know why I forgot <laughs> it has no dialogue it's apparently really disgusting but also apparently really good it's not really mainstream but I think they're hoping to get it mainstream at some point Uh, apparently Phil Tippett is a master according to the poster um, a corroded diving bell descends amidst a room city, and the assassin emerges from it to explore a labyrinth of bizarre landscapes inhabited by freakish Denzians. It does have actors associated with it. Or cast? It looks interesting. So stop. It's stop motion, so like there aren't people in it? No. It's are they, like, are, are they puppeteers then? I guess so. I I'm, I don't know much about it. I just I heard about it um, like three days ago, and it looked very interesting. This is part one. Does that mean there's gonna be other parts? It could be. How long is it? Twelve minutes. Oh, okay. Apparently, according to the parents' guide on the Internet Movie Database, it is severe. Ooh. Although there's no swearing because there's no talking, yeah. <laughs> but like the violence and gore is severe, and the frightening and intense scenes are severe. Okay, but it's stop motion. Okay, I mean I think stop motion can oh, be okay, but you can do a lot. With <laughs> stop motion, <laughs> like thing just says extremely graphic. It's, that's just all it says. That's the only description. <laughs> no specifics. Yeah, just one of the most violent things. Okay, sorry um, for interrupting. <laughs> yes. That's all right. I was pretty much done anyways. Uh, Eli. Yeah? What'd you watch, Eli? Oh. And where's uh, Liam? Oh, yeah. Awesome. His, like... He's in the bathroom? Right, no, his, no. his oh. grandparents. One of them, like, passed away. Oh. Um, like, when we were watching the movie, like, oh. the day, so, like, he had to... So he's, like, with his grandma right now. Okay. I'm sorry. That was darker than I thought. Yeah. Our condolences. Liam's grandma. No. Grandpa. Grandpa died. No, but but you send your condolences to the survivors. Oh, that is true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Um, to to both of you, (laughs) to Liam's grandpa and grandma, um, I'm very sorry for your your loss and your dying. Yeah. uh, I didn't watch that much. Like I, it's just the same. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's really it. Okay. It's such a good show. It is. How many episodes do you do a day? Um, like four. Okay. 
Okay, what season are you on? I just pick and choose whatever oh, season. Okay. Like I've watched it already in order, and I just pick and choose whatever episode I feel like. Okay. Is there an episode you go back to more often than others? Um. Uh, I guess like the season eight, the boil one. Hello, Mr. Like Hello, Mr. Okay. And like the box one that you were mentioning. I do like that one. Uh, have you watched Community? I so. You should watch Community. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. The first few episodes aren't fantastic. No. But they're still, like, good. Yeah. I, I think that probably mid-first season they hit a, a sort of stride, and then second season is, season is awesome. Mm-hmm. How many uh, seasons are there? Six. Five? Six. Six? I think seven. seven. Mm-hmm. They, got to, they got, like... Four on whatever streaming service they were on. Actually, five, and then they got canceled, and then, then the last season was on Yahoo streaming that just doesn't exist anymore. Okay. But they're all on Netflix. Yeah. I'm not crazy with the last season. I Neither am I, but like I think with what they had, it was like, okay. I like the ending. The ending was like fine. I feel like they just hemorrhaged too many characters, and then yeah. they tried to replace them. And it just didn't work. Yeah. Especially when Troy, like, left, spoiler, Abed yeah. became, like, really subdued because, like, all of his antics kind of went with Troy, and then mm-hmm. it just, everything kind of went downhill. Please phone drink. I'm not really sure how you would replace uh, Danny Glover. I don't know either. He's just so funny. He is very funny and very talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was, like, a singer until... Yeah, and pretty good. Yeah, and like, I, most people know him from his singing, or, like, like his music, I think. And, like, and I think he he just, like, he's very creative. Like, he, mm. he, he's a writer he's as well, like, for shows and stuff. And he worked on 30 Rock, right? Did he? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. I like I didn't him. know that. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Okay. Uh, what did you guys watch? Uh, I didn't watch anything. Nothing? Oh, I restarted Friends. Oh. Which is a classic. Yeah. So. I watched Birds of Prey. Okay. <laughs> and? I thought it was really good. I love Marco Robbie. That's all I have. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's hardly good. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> okay, <laughs> she was good. <laughs> have you seen The Suicide Squads? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Also really good. Okay. Well, okay, so there's Birds of Prey. Was there a movie that that was associated with? I don't think no. so. No? I think it's just hanging out. Okay. Yeah. Alright. For a DC movie, I liked it. I think. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I will say I did fall asleep through it, but that's because I was on like... You do that to everything. Yeah, exactly. I fall asleep through every movie because I'm always on zero sleep. If you fall asleep, do you go back and watch it? Again, yes. like to fill in the yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will you watch the whole thing again, or just the parts that you miss? Depends on like how much I like the movie. Okay. Yeah. Right. What'd you watch? I watched a few things. Yeah, a bit of a list. So I saw Dune in theaters. Uh, first movie I saw in theaters since you know, I guess February 2020 when I saw Parasite. Should um, we have a Dune conversation, or should we just like kind of like? Oh yeah. If, if how many people have seen Dune here? Uh, I have no, three of you. Okay, so we can maybe save Dune for a bit, if you want. Uh, I watched um, Titan. It's a French body horror, horror by uh, Julia Ducournau. Mm-hmm. She did Raw. 
Oh, okay. Um, it's probably my favorite film of the year. Um, I think it's a very bizarre, I don't know how to describe what it's about because it it's kind of has like a bit of a whirlwind of a plot. Um, but it follows this girl who gets into a car accident and she gets a titanium plate put into her head. Then she grows up and then the plot kind of just spirals from there. Um, but it had a lot of really good symbolism to it. Um, I really like the idea of sort of like having, you know, metal put into your head being sort of associated with like this idea of like coldness and then, I don't know, it's, kind of, it's, it, it's hard to describe. It's extremely weird. Um, and my best advice is go in knowing nothing about it and then you'll be shocked. I, I was very impressed by it. I watched Last Night in Soho, um, which was fine, but the final act was a bit of a chaotic mess. Um, but other than that, like the whole, like the setting up the, you know, like the idea of going into the 60s again, you know, and Anya Taylor-Joy is fantastic. She kind of carried the role in my opinion. Uh, I watched St. Maud for the first time. I really like St. Maud. I, I thought it was really slow, but I liked it after I finished watching it and I thought about it because at the very, very end is when I started to think about it and everything and that's kind of how I started to appreciate it more. It's an interesting exploration of obsession. Yeah. Um, and the last scene uh, I, I thought was fantastic mm -hmm. and surprising. Yeah. Um, I was uh, the whole movie. I was like weirded out by how much this that one actress looked like Meryl Streep, though. Oh, did okay. you see that? I didn't notice. Oh, you, you, if you pull up, find a picture, you will notice it. But uh, yeah, I liked Saint Maud. It was slow, but I was impressed. After I, it, it stuck with me. I do like slow movies, though. I think slow movies do have lots of merit because they kind of force you to like. Well, you either don't pay attention or you kind of have to stick with the movie and like follow where it's you know taking you i really enjoy movies where it feels like you're just spending time with characters mm -hmm. so like last year we watched um francis ha and so it, it i don't think there's a plot it's just like you just follow mm -hmm. this character as she kind of meanders through life and uh in movies like that i feel like i create an attachment mm -hmm. to the character and saint Maud was kind of like that like th th there was a plot but it was, yeah, it was slow, it was, it was very deliberately paced. St. Maud almost relied more on the idea of obsession, and it kind of followed um, Maud's life circling that. And I don't know if that makes sense, but like, you know, they had this central idea, and everything she did, it kind of came back to that, you know, that, that idea of, you know, being obsessed, and, you know, of course there's the religious, you know, attachment, you know, but that's, yeah. I think that it was maybe... I think I it was sold to me a little heavy, like like as a horror movie, and then like yeah. also like how how alarming it was and how great it was. So I think I went in with with higher expectations. Me too. Or different expectations, maybe. And I've heard the same thing about Soho that it's not really a horror movie, but it's been sold as a horror movie. It's it's horror? kind of a horror. It's but. The was it sold as a horror? I thought they sold it as a horror, and it, it, there are lots of aspects about it that make it like a very psychological kind of I horror movie. It's a thriller. But okay. the end kind of destroyed the you know what it had going for with the horror and the like. I guess the psychological. It just kind of felt cliche. I I won't say anything, of course, but um, if any of you do end up watching it in the future, share with me you know what you thought of the final act because I do have my complaints about it. Um, 
yeah, I watched Hereditary again just last week, just with a friend, which I do like. I think it's one of my favorite horror movies. Um, it's almost the horror comes from just how real the the family trauma is, you know, like with the mother with the mother yelling at you know her son. I prefer the first half before it gets too heavily into the the supernatural elements, just because I I think that that like real family horror is is very gripping and. Uh, Who's the mom? Um, Tony Collette. Yeah, she's she gets some nomination for it. Tremendous. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like when movies try to like bring in too much of the supernatural, at like the f- at like towards the end, like that kind of happened with Last Night in Soho, and it just kind of, you know, it, it ruined what it had going for, like what it relied on to like you know create like fear and such such and such. Yeah. What else? I think that's all I watched that I can remember right now. Yeah, I've watched a lot. <laughs> uh, I watched um, Road to El Dorado for the first time with friends. I thought it was a good movie. It's a Pixar movie. Um, Is it recent? No, I don't think so. I think it's fairly old. Uh, other than that, I think it's just my trip to... Uh, uh, the theaters for the first time since COVID happened to go see Dune. Um, Are you going to tell us about the sushi? I have to speak about wind. Um, so they were going to be a sponsor, perhaps? You were scouting them? I was scouting them, and I decided off of it um, specifically, we went to a certain wind uh, in Niagara Falls. Okay. And I was very disappointed with the fact that they had none of the desserts except for the ice cream and the fruit bowl. This is a reverse. There's a... In St. Catharines, they have many different desserts. Many and different deep-fried desserts. Many different deep-fried desserts, including one that they only serve during the weekdays, which is deep-fried ice cream, and it is amazing. And I basically never get to have it because it's during the weekdays. I have school, so I can't go to wind on the weekdays, right? Okay, so I am currently processing this no-dessert thing other than ice cream Mm -hmm. and fruit bowl. So you're saying they didn't have any creme brulee? They didn't have creme brulee. No cheesecakes? No cheesecake. If you count uh, strawberry cream cheese rolls, they did have those. But it was just ice cream and... um, no deep-fried milk, no deep-fried chocolate bars. All of it wasn't there. <gasps> it, okay. it made me so sad. Um, <laughs> Did you voice your disapproval? I silently judged them. <laughs> okay. Uh, I went to the washroom in the restaurant, and the toilet looked like it had just fallen from <laughs> heaven because there was a spotlight on it. <laughs> okay. And it wasn't even... All of the toilets. It was just the one on the end that had a light on it. And chosen one. That was it was spotless. It was amazing. It was my favorite toilet. <laughs> um, I would also like to say that they have a little robot that goes around and serves people dishes and I didn't realize that you were only supposed to take from one layer, so I accidentally stole some words. Uh Yam Tempora and I almost had a panic attack because I'm not good with, you know, just doing stuff that you're not supposed to in public. So it's just like, ah. um, I, my friend threw up 
Ooh. in the bathroom, so that was cool. Because um, they ate too much? I don't know. I, okay. I really... I don't know why they threw up. <laughs> they, I, like, they normally eat so much at, like, buffets and stuff. Like, we basically call him the garbage can. <laughs> because if there's food that we can't eat, he just takes it and eats it. And, um... We kind of, like, I kind of took his role. Okay. I ate all of the stuff that everyone else couldn't eat. And then Patrick, my friend, he's amazing. I want him to join the podcast, but I'm not sure if he will. Uh, Why not? How could we convince him? Force him to. Uh, Kidnap him. him. Is he in another club? I don't know. Does he have anything to do on Mondays and Wednesdays? Probably not. Okay. I'm going to ask him. Say that he, there's a prize for him, and right. yeah. we lock the door. We could ban him from the board game club, Ooh. and he could only we hold continue. the board game club hostage. I see. I can pretend to be. It no. has worked with homework for people in the past, so. Oh really? That, maybe I'm sure it would. Um, but yeah, he uh, he normally eats a lot, and we're normally quite adventurous. Like we had. Uh, beef sashimi. Oh, that's so okay. good. Which we didn't like because it had an egregious oh. amount of pepper oh. on it last time and it was really not fun, but we ate it. And last time uh, I had it, it had um, peanut oil on it. Just a little bit of peanut oil. It was lovely. Um, and like I said last podcast, and I didn't back down, I had some wasabi <laughs> with ice cream. Oh! What, what okay, so I didn't Okay, because everyone was full, right? I didn't want to order, like, three scoops of ice cream and just take a bite out of each and then just waste the rest. And I didn't think I could eat four scoops because I wanted red bean ice cream because that's my favorite. Um, So I just had it with the green tea because I felt like that would be the best. And I ate it, and I was surprised by the fact that it wasn't that bad. And that honestly made me a little disappointed that I didn't regret my decision, so I ate the rest of the wasabi whole. Okay. And then I was disappointed because I realized that the wasabi wasn't that strong, because I ate it and I didn't even feel the urge to sneeze. You know that's not real wasabi? Yeah. Because, like, real wasabi loses its flavor within, like, 30 minutes of it being, like, ground or whatever. So it's I, I kind of figured that after mm-hmm. I took a bite out of it and I didn't die, mm-hmm. I... So how do they make it potent for longer? Is it like extracts and stuff? Oh no, like the wasabi that you get at like restaurants and like in sushi things, that's not wasabi. It's like something else dyed green. I don't know exactly. Okay. Cause I'm pretty sure it's just horseradish. Yeah, I think so. Cause like, I, like at like really okay. for like high-end sushi restaurants, they'll make the, like they'll grind the wasabi or whatever like fresh so it's like actually ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. I I thought that like wasabi ice cream sounded yummy. I had it with the green tea, and I'm being completely honest, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, I thought they didn't pair like half bad. So um, next time you go out to wind, grab some wasabi and grab some uh, green tea ice cream. So wasabi ice cream is a thing. Yeah. Wasabi and cucumber ice cream. Ooh, that mm. sounds good. I think wasabi and ginger would be good. I think just ginger ice cream would be good. We also had a uh, calamari 
and my friend liked calamari and I had never tried it. So I tried it and I didn't like it. And then my friend said that the calamari was extremely tough. Ooh, that's bad. Though. It has and to be cooked like very specifically, yeah. it, so it's just like rubber. It really just seemed like I was chewing on leather. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to reserve my judgment on calamari for now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, best calamari I've ever had. Uh, this is probably breaded, right? Yeah. Um, the best calamari I've had. It was done in like a like a garlic sauce. Oh. It was just like squid pieces. Mm-hmm. It was pretty yummy. Uh, my mom can't have calamari. Oh no! Because uh, it's not like a allergy thing. It's just like a psychological thing. Because oh. she went skiing a lot, and she get calamari there one time. It wasn't cooked enough, oh. and she got really bad food poisoning. Uh, so. Um, and then because it was my first time in the theater for like three years, I had to get popcorn. <laughs> Um, I had popcorn for breakfast the next day, (laughs) but, um, Dune was very enjoyable. I liked it a lot. Um, I liked especially the fact that I went in blind, like I had no clue what was going on and it was just... Had you watched trailers? No. Okay. No. I, I kept myself in the dark for this one because I thought like, this sounds really interesting to me. Um... The visuals were amazing. Mm. I really like the dragonfly ships yes. that you talked about before. Um, sound design? The sound design? I really liked the shields. Those made me shiver. Um, there was one part that I'm not even sure if it's the theater's fault or it's just like a tiny balancing issue, but. There's just like a part where it's really loud and there are a lot of things happening and it started to get like welded together and it it almost sounded like it blew out the speakers. Okay. And were they playing it really loud? Yeah, they were playing it really loudly. Um, I just, I liked all the sound design and I liked everything that was really loud, but when it gets to that point, it just kind of sounds like a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to because I really like the movie, right? I'm probably going to get a copy of Dune if it doesn't come out on Netflix on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably watch it again. Uh, and I'm assuming it's not going to blow the speakers like there. Um, so I don't really... I don't blame the movie for that. Uh, it would probably be great with headphones. Pr- yeah. My favorite aspect in the entire movie, though, and, like... It's, it's just, I love it so much. The sandworm. Mm-hmm. Just every factor about it made me so happy. <laughs> just the visuals and the sounds. Um, especially when it's like about to eat something. Uh, how the sand yeah. does that wave thing. It just, it's my favorite depiction of a sandworm. It's really and cool. the sand effect, the sand. The sand effect was really, really interesting. How it would kind of recede and move around and... yeah. Um, when I saw Dune, I got the full experience, so I hate going to the bathroom at movie theaters because I do not like missing the movie. Mm-hmm. So I didn't drink anything to get the whole desert effect yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> the whole dehydration, you know, whatever. Um, wait, shoot, what was I going to say? <laughs> oh, I, I said that, right? And then, okay, uh, crap. They actually filmed the movie in, like, I, I think it's cool that they filmed it in, like, Jordan and everything. 
and they actually like had the desert so it just it, it, you know like it felt really real and immersive the mm -hmm. film um we got zendaya baited um i thought it was so funny how she was constantly advertising the trailers and what she did for most of the movie was model like she was in some perfume ad <laughs> Um, like walking in the de in the, you know the desert and everything. She had a lot of looking over her shoulder. She had a lot of looking over her shoulder. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> She's in the movie for seven minutes, pretty much. <laughs> but I think she will be certainly be in the movie in part two, which uh, basically this film was just kind of like just setting up everything that is to come. I am excited about part two. Uh, and I don't I don't think they're making us wait very long. That's. Whatever. Well, they just started making it, didn't they? Like Did they? they? I'm not yeah. sure. I don't think they yeah. started filming it until after they released. They got really? A couple of months ago. Oh, like oh, maybe not. I could be wrong. Because um, I'm trying to think. Like, hmm. it is nice when they they film part one and part two at the same time. Yeah. And then, like, they probably just go into post production at different times. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that they they waited to see how it was received mm -hmm. before they would green light it again. Mm -hmm. The second one. Um, do you feel like it? There's a big lull in the maybe the last third of the movie. No, because I think it's it, it kind of. I think it, it, the movie, like the story of Dune itself, it's such an epic that it kind of, in order to like, make the movie, you know, do justice to everything, it kind of has to take its time and kind of has to, because it was very slow paced, I found. But I think it. I think I'm glad. I think it, when I watch the second film, I'll be glad. That it took its time, that you know it kind of took its time to build up everything and really set up the whole atmosphere of um, Arrakis and everything. I just really like the movie. <laughs> like, um, I really liked it. I just found that when they went into the desert for that last third, I, I did feel like there there was a. It it just felt like a. I don't know. It it the excitement kind of fell off a fair bit. Yeah, I, I was really excited going in. But yeah, I, I will admit that. It did kind of, like, plateau a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you know... It almost seemed like... Because, uh, like, normally in movies, you'd have sections of high-octane energy and then low energy. It almost seemed like it was expecting to go further mm -hmm. and rise back up again. So I'm kind of just anticipating part two to kind of continue that... Mm -hmm. that pattern uh, I did like a lot of the parts in the desert though there's one scene where they're in the tent right and he's holding up the light and there's just a bunch of spice mm -hmm. in the air I thought that looked really cool <laughs> um, the, uh, the visuals and the audio are just really good in that the camera movie. work was impressive too like even just when you saw like the details on like Timothy Chalamet's face, like with the <laughs> dust and everything. Of course, they were going to focus on him because he looked absolutely fantastic in the movie. But um, I thought, like, I was like, wow, this is like, and you saw this, I was like, Hewn was saying the spikes just like float, like, you know, getting blown by. Um, so yeah, I did like it quite a lot. I think I gave it a four and a half on Letterboxd. Um, That's probably where I would put it. I think on a second watch, I'll like it more because I'll, I'll know where it's going. Where, like, I. I just felt like after they went into the desert, it's just like there, 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 there were interesting elements, but it just felt like it, it kind of slid down. There was a, there's a big like just I was very surprised that it ended, where it did because I was expecting it to continue to a more like. Reasonable place to end, 
because normally if you have like two parts you'd have it get to a point where it leaves you with questions but it answers some it just kind of seems like they cut it off instead for me yeah the sentiment that they stopped at that was kind of lame too i think the last line in the movie is and this is only a yeah yeah oh Oh, cute a disney movie ending like i think the structure of the plot was really bizarre because a lot of the excitement was at the beginning and even just at the end like the final fight if you want to call it that was just felt so like anticlimactic and then it ended but i I guess you know it is part one so i think you know the plot is still in motion really but you know for a film it just kind of had a weird you know structure um I thought there's, I don't want to spoil too much, but um, there's a same word moment, and I think that it would have been a really good point to end it on. Mm-hmm. When you like really get that, like a very clear image of, of the size and the magnitude of the sandworms, mm-hmm. you see one kind of exposed. I thought that that would have been a neat place to stop. And it would have been far away, I don't think, from where they ended up, like maybe 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. I think that would have been. Yeah, and that would have been a, a good place to start the movie, too. Like just um, kind of with the, you know, the Fremen and stuff. <laughs> but the scale was pretty fantastic. And yeah. Like, like, yeah. There's, um, there's a, like a type of feel that you can get from a lot of sci-fi and fantasy that I really like, and it's just kind of being able to immerse yourself without kind of worrying too much. Like, it's hard to describe, but it's just kind of comfy to fit yourself into a world that you're just not familiar with, and you learn more as you go. And... Dune just does that very well and it has a lot of really neat stuff in its world because of the scale and just I really like that combination of religion and Mm sci-fi I I just think it's cool (laughs) did you see Blade Runner 2049 no okay you'd like that one okay same director okay excellent world building I will it's very immersive into like this whole like cyberpunk kind of yeah, I will. I do understand what you mean by the whole comforting feeling of sci-fi too. It's yeah. kind of like a comforting escape to like take yourself into this world, just aesthetically too. You know, yeah, how it looks and everything. Definitely one of my favorite sci-fi movies, I'd say, for Dune. Um, speaking of sci-fi, I forgot to mention that I watched The Thing for the first time, <gasps> which is one of my favorite movies now. Um, Kurt Russell has an amazing beard. Yeah. It's magnificent. Yeah, ugh, if only someone spoke Norwegian. Uh, <laughs> God. But yeah, I was I was very impressed. Um, I gave it five stars. But when I give something five stars, it doesn't have to be perfect in absolutely every way, but it has to be close, in my opinion. The, uh, the scene where they're testing the blood. The blood testing, really? it caught me like, out, out, of, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. I do love that movie. And I love the ending, like the dynamic between two characters that didn't trust themselves the whole time, huh. and now they're sitting here freezing to death, and they still don't trust. Oh, it kind of spoiled it, but you know, <laughs> well, I technically spoil it, but yeah. That's I, a great movie. And I the, the, the effects, thing. the practical effects are phenomenal. Yeah, for, for the time too, like just, you know, oh, I was very impressed by it. I was upset. Okay, I'm not going to say that. Cause <laughs> okay, I was kind of spoiled, but. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Jessica's almost going to, like, rock her mm-hmm. foot off of her body. <laughs> I, I'm just, I have a lot of fidgety energy right okay. now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the only thing I've been, like, I've been rewatching Dance Moms. 
and it's it's insane because I watched it when I was younger than most of the, the girls were at that age but now that I'm like older than them then it's insane they're literally like nine and they're being like a, like verbally assaulted by their dance teacher for not winning a competition and the moms are crazy it's insane it's it's crazy one it's two so one two one yeah. two please <laughs> one two one two one two bada bang you know yeah like it's just so insane the fact that it, like people just like like the, the fact that like the mothers kept their children on the show i like question but also it did like jumpstart all their careers and now they all are like have millions of followers and have like opportunities and stuff so it's like like a level but like it's insane but they're also in like therapy exactly like how messed up are the, their their brains now? i haven't actually watched the show like at all but I've you've heard clips, about it yeah and it seems crazy like didn't like the director go to jail while still filming the show yeah abby miss abby lee miller went to jail and then for i think tax evasion <laughs> okay <laughs> and then not child abuse no no surprisingly not and then she like got like cancer or something and is in a wheelchair. Um, have you seen Whiplash? I've seen like I know of it. My brother really okay. likes. Are it you rushing or are you? Oh, yeah, like that scene. My brother. I was just that. wondering if it was like that level of abuse. Come she wheelchair. Yeah, okay. At a nine-year-old. Yeah. Well, I mean, Whiplash. I mean. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I could throw a chair at you now. Oh, and then she's like stopped. Did you watch Whiplash recently? Uh. Not recently, I believe it was like grade nine. Okay, for me, you you were there for yeah. It's phenomenal. It's the only movie he talks about. It's it's a lot. I'm kind of like refusing to watch it just to spite him. (laughs) You can do that, but you'll be missing it on a. No, I know it's good. I'm gonna watch it eventually. And it's really neat because it's filmed like a horror movie, Mm -hmm. but it's about people playing jazz music. It's like the black. It's the Black Swan of jazz. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Black Swan. It's a great movie. Anyways, yeah, I've just been watching, rewatching Dance Moms. It's insane. Okay. How about you? I'm on season three of The Good Place. That's it. <laughs> and? I'm enjoying it extremely a lot. Okay. Are you going to be sad when Michael dies? Because <laughs> I'm sure he will. Yeah. Yes, I will be sad. Um, one last thing. Did ever, ever has anyone seen Euphoria here? Season two. Season two trailer? It, yes. Um, I'm there, I hope this show doesn't flop. Like, I hope it doesn't become... Okay, I I think that it would have been way better if it was in, like, the context of college. Yeah, because it's insane. Because I... I, I'm the same age as most of the characters. Yeah, like, like, I'm, like, you know, these characters are, like, you know... 16. Doing all of the, like, doing, like... Illegal. Very illegal things all the time. And I'm sitting here, like, okay, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna call my friend. We're gonna... You know, play Roblox for God's sake and party out. I'm gonna eat a peanut butter banana sandwich. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna have a granola bar, you know. It's like a nap. so insane. But I don't know how they're gonna progress with season two because season one was just, it was a lot. And then there was those like bridge episodes. The bridge episodes they were so boring. <laughs> they were boring, except Jules is one. They were boring, but I understand why they exist. Yeah. Jules was better than Rue. Yeah. Rue's, I was kind of over. because well, Rue was just in the friggin' diner. Yeah. Just watching them have a conversation yeah. for an hour. Yeah, and I'm... Mm, at least Jules got some backstory yeah. and, like, more context about things. But it's just really confusing. I, Who's your favorite character in Euphoria? Uh, <laughs> I think Nate is an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um... Jules is extremely toxic, I'm going to say that right now, but she's very complicated. Then again, all okay. the characters oh, are toxic. 
Um, I, I think Rue's honestly my favorite character. Just okay, it's because you see her the most mm-hmm. and you see her develop. Um, and Zendaya did great. In yeah, role. I love that. Also, the casting of like the younger versions of them was amazing. Just yeah, it was. Like, younger Sydney Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. God, I love Euphoria though. I really want those like books that they came out with, with like the scripts and the photos, but it's expensive. And also, I don't want my parents to be like, "What's the show about?" And I have to explain it to them. It's it's about. Um, a lot. I just googled it and I don't think I'll watch it. I don't think you should. No, it, it's impressive, but uh-huh. also just like the dialogue, the way they speak, I feel like you would not like. It's it. very edgy. It's like it, it's kind of like a, I'm not like other girls. Yeah. Edgy in a way, but it's not. It's it's good. Like it's very good, but it's just. It's sometimes you think about it, and it's like mm. who who does this? Who's this? Unrealistic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like like they're speaking. Like in a heightened way. Yes, and also okay. just what they're doing. It's not a Riverdale unrealistic. It's, it's it is classic like thirty year old writer trying to write like teenagers, but I feel like it's like it has like the essence of like teenage talk. So, and I feel like they like lean into it more, so it's like fine. Cause like with Riverdale, it's Riverdale's just crazy. Riverdale like, dialogue is a lot crazy. of like with the th- like the themes they explore are very like exaggerated and hyperbolic. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like. Um, that people can relate to, which I can kind of see because the characters are relatable to an extent, but not what they do. What they're feeling, kind of. Yeah, yeah. like the emotions they're experiencing mm-hmm. are, you know, um, relatable to an extent. It's um, really hard to talk about the show while censoring. <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, know what else to say. Yeah. I do appreciate your candor in, uh, in not addressing it. it there's, it's a lot. It's a, like a lot, a lot. It's HBO, so... It's HBO, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that explains it. Oh my god, but the outfits, the costume design. The, I love the use of the color purple throughout the yes. series. Like, even just in, like, like a classroom, there's just a slight hue, mm-hmm. in a way. And all of them kind of have, like, a set color. Like, Ruse is purple, yeah. and then, like, Jules kind of goes through many. Jules, I feel, has, like, a lightish blue, I Yeah, find. and then, like, Cat's yeah. red. I feel like Sydney Sweeney's character is, like, also kind of lightish blue. Like, uh-huh. Ka- Cassie. Yeah, Lexi's is like a weird yellow or orange. Not Maddie. Lexi. Oh god, what's her name? Um, the crazy one. <laughs> Maddie. Maddie. Oh my god, she's unrealistic. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. And okay. I don't really like her. I don't either. People are like girl boss, but I'm like. Mm. The whole kind. Sorry. The whole like girl boss culture is so <laughs> cringe to me. It's <laughs> so funny. Like I think it's funny, but I think, you know, the idea of like saying girl boss when it's like literal abuse yeah. can be a little bit it's just you know also the fact like I'm confused by the friendship dynamic of all of them because like they all seem to hate each other yet they're like besties the dynamic is so confusing because it's like everyone knows each other I know and I'm like I know like five people that I actively talk to I have four friends yeah like <laughs> that's it I got you beat I got two <laughs> the parties are so unrealistic too I've never been to high school I've never been to a high school party but I know they don't look like that mhm also, the actors, like, I get why the actors are older, but, like, again, it, it's kind of the same issue with, like, most teen shows where they cast older actors, where it's, like, you don't see how jarring it is of, like, these teenagers doing these things, because they look 25. Yeah. It's so, it's, why is it not set in college? It's it, so it, should, it should be, honestly. Yeah. There are no shows set in college. It's high school or middle age. <laughs> There's no in-between. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Okay. Are we done with you four? Yeah, I think we are. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, should we talk about anything else before we move on to the fantastic Mr. Phones? I think we're good. Okay. So, based on a writing by Roald Dahl and directed by Wes Anderson, 
It is described by the Internet Movie Database as an urban fox cannot resist returning to his farm raiding ways and then must help his community survive the farmer's retaliation. Uh, stars people like Meryl Streep and George Clooney and Bill Murray. Tell me about Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, it, okay, this is going to sound very, you know, ignorant of me, but I didn't, it's not a movie that I sit through to analyze constantly. I was with mostly comedy kind of movies, but as with any Wes Anderson movie, I'm always impressed with the direction and, you know, yeah. I guess the, like, the framing. Like, a lot, what I've noticed in lots of his movies is lots of symmetry. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, you know, you'll get a very clear scene of, like, the tree and, oh, the, like, that, it's a beautiful uh-huh, shot. or, like, the, the three farms. Bogs, bugs, and being, you know. But he kind of, he does, he films things the way that you're not supposed to film them. So if you, if you study film, there's the rule of thirds mm-hmm. and how you want to have things on like the vertices. The axis, and yeah. yeah, and so things that are off balance. So he will put things very symmetrical and he'll focus mm-hmm. on things and it's supposed to, like it almost gives his film like an odd amateurish look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely it works for him. So I, I think he made a career of doing things in a, in a way that you're not supposed to. Even like the, the way that his characters deliver lines. Like, it, like it's very stunted mm-hmm. and, and almost um, monotonous, like, like a monotone sort of way. And he has characters behaving in, in unrealistic fashion, mm-hmm. which I, I think is, is neat, and that's where a lot of the humor comes from. Mm-hmm. I feel like his directing style works really well with animation because they, they can do the like perfect symmetry and then also like his movies are just like always kind of like whimsical and like have like a sense of like not like magic but like fantasy kind of <laughs> in a way so I feel like with animation he can like really like upplay that and also with like the color like palettes and stuff it's great I love this movie when I watch a Wes Anderson movie, whether it's it's animated or not, well, l- 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 actually, I'll rephrase that. When I watch a Wes Anderson movie with live actors, I feel like he's just using the actors like toys, mm-hmm. like dolls, and so like he's got like a very dollhouse kind of aesthetic mm-hmm. to his sets where they don't look realistic. They look like he's playing with with a a kid's yeah. toy house, and he's moving them around, and they're performing in a way that is unrealistic. And it just seems like he's like it, it, it's him using a, a human being as like a puppet, a, yeah. Yeah, and so this is like the the best representation of what he wants mm-hmm. to do because he can do everything yeah, that he wants exactly. to do with it. It's my favorite movie, <laughs> like ever. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's really hard to pick a favorite yeah. movie because you know every single one has a different feel to it and they have a different goal mm-hmm. so it, I'm hesitant to claim anything as yeah. my favorite movie but if someone asks me it's fantastic yeah Mr. this one's high on my list too I watched it in like grade 3 because we read the book I don't remember I don't remember reading the book but I remember we did watch the movie because we read the book there's a book yeah it's, it's, it's based, based on, on a book, book. I did not know that. You know the dude who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Same guy. Same Same dude. dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, but I, like, distinctly remember this movie as a child, and I don't remember much of what I did as a child. And then I rewatched it, like, when I was older, and I was like, yes, great movie. I love it. It, It's one of those movies, like, it's an animation movie, but it doesn't feel like it's 
at all marketed to children. Mm-hmm. It's, def- it's like, definitely yeah. not. It feels like it's just like marketed as a film that's you know mm-hmm. animated. You know, yeah. I would imagine it would bore kids. It would. Years. It bored yeah. me to death. When I was a kid, I, uh, the only thing I liked was when Mr. Fox would eat. And oh, I was like, that's <laughs> But like in the plot itself, you kind of have to, you know, focus on a little bit more. I also than feel like the characters are like more relatable once you get older, mm-hmm. like because it's a middle-aged plot. Yeah, that hap- I find I find it funny when that happens in like shows or movies that I'd watch as a, a kid. You know, it's like oh, I don't like that character, and as I get older, I am that character. For instance, Squidward. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm <laughs> sitting here like as a kid, I'm like oh my god. I'm just so annoyed. He's always really fun, and then I get it, and then you know, I grow up and I watch some SpongeBob. I'm like, I'm like oh I my god, I work. can't tolerate anyone but Squidward in this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. I'd also I'd like to point out that for anyone who's uh, never watched this movie until now, who's at the uh, showing on Monday, uh, we missed two scenes. Oh, did it? Yeah. 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 We missed um, I remember the, the rat one. scene, oh, the I rat fight. Mm. Wait, like the one at the end? Yeah. Like, yeah. We missed that one. We, we went, uh, spoiler warning, we went from the rat entering the sewers <laughs> and skipped dead. right to the rat. Being dead. <laughs> <laughs> The fight scene is my favorite part when they're with the electricity and there's yeah. the flashes yeah, of the skeleton. I, I straight up, I went on YouTube and I showed my friend who mm-hmm. had never seen the movie before just so that they could experience yeah. it. And the rat is their favorite character, Emily, who uh-huh. isn't here today because of volleyball. She's a traitor. Um, traitor. Um, and we also missed the wolf scene. Which, which yeah, that's so. I was mad about that. Yeah. So mad. Oh, I, was, I was. I was tempted to ask to go back. And wait, watch we'll, it. what wolf scene? So there's a wolf the scene the near the, the ending, end. where the wolf is on the rock and then they're all. Oh, okay. At it. Yeah. I Sorry. was actually the the only reason why I know about the wolf scene is because I saw a meme where it's like showing this this random object from like a video game that I play. Cause it goes like, we will we should only fight about it if it's actually good. And then they go, okay, it's worth it, and then they like, rip each other open or something. That's a different movie. And it's like, oh, is it? I think. That doesn't sound. I think that's from Isle of Dogs. Oh, I okay. I thought it was from. Oh yeah, that's that's Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Oh. This is. Not that. They look the same. Isn't Isle of Dogs yeah. is the same. It's the same yeah. person. Okay. Yeah. Isle of Dogs is good, but I like Fantastic Mr. Fox better. I don't like Isle of Dogs that much. It's it's good. Yeah. Um. So I was sad that we missed those, but. We I'm sorry. Watch. I think yeah. our Blu-ray player is awful. Yeah. Yes. I think we need a new one. We yep. could fundraise for that. We are fundraising. That's yeah. why we get to buy That's why we buy stuff. That's why I buy a chocolate bar, a chip bag, and a pop. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I actually went and I bought some of the new movies. They're over there. Ooh. What did we get? Movie Hall. So I go to Vets Entertainment, which is a great store in St. Catharines, and I think the last movie store in the world. Um, yeah, who still buys buy, like, DVDs and Blu-rays? And so they've got all these used movies. And uh, I think that I think Vets Entertainment is actually the front for the mafia. <laughs> so I got a. Um, a copy of The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is one of the first horror movies. It is silent. Um, so that movie, it's very surreal French stuff. And I got The Big Lebowski. Oh my god, that's a, 
And they got Arrival, another movie, a sci-fi <laughs> movie from oh, Danny Villeneuve, yeah, director yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah. Dune. Oh, you and yes. Yes. the Ballad Duke. Yay! Like like your class. Oh yeah. We get to spend other time together. Yeah, You're so lucky. I this movie I think is fantastic. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Cool. It's really bizarre. And about Hot Rod. <laughs> I love Andy Samberg. <laughs> Me too. He's so funny. What are you looking at? Um, have you seen... Uh, there's Tour de Pharmacy, and then there's a tennis one. Oh, the tennis... The, the Six weeks and It's like the or tennis match that will never yeah. end. Yeah. That was funny. Have you seen it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty... Uh, shocking? Mm-hmm. I would like to show it to my kids, but I can't show it to yeah. my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Tour de Pharmacy is kind of the same thing, but it's about uh, cyclists. Oh, okay, yeah. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's really short. I think it's like 27 minutes. Yeah. But it's, a, it's done like a documentary mm-hmm. and stuff. I love those. Those are so funny. S- Sandberg is hilarious. Amazing. Just, um, no, he's like 49 going on 50. Is he really? He's yeah. that old. Yes, he is. Is he like 42? No. He's going on to 50. He's in his late 40s. Well, he's we My dad's 53. I even liked, uh, what was the Superstar? Or oh, the Never Stop, Never the Stop. The pop st- the, when he was a singer? I don't know the name. Okay. He's 43. Oh, yeah, I was close. He's younger than me. He has just such like, he has like a boyish charm to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, just, it works so well for him. I only see him as one guy. Do you think he could transition to more serious stuff? movies? Yeah. I've never seen him in like an actual serious role. Everything has been like yeah. mixed in with comedy. If I see him in a serious role. I feel like just like looking at his face. Yeah, like it's just his face. He's like a yeah. face. But sometimes face. that can lead to like a, a really interesting performance like Robin Williams when he like he, he went from being Funny. like this is Doubtfire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so I feel good. like his face is too funny. Or like uh, Jim Carrey too. Like oh, you see exactly. Jim Carrey is like, oh, there's Ventura, but you see him in Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind. Uh, the Truman Show, he's kind of charismatic, but you know, still a more serious movie then. But like, when those comedic actors per- like create a, a performance that that's more serious, I think that there's there's like a real sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's it's weird because you know these people as very happy people, you know, or make you laugh, and then you see them in a serious role, and it's like, oh. You know, uh, I s- oh, or um, uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. With uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems yeah. and even Punch Drunk Love. I um, used to get those two confused all the time. And there's this one movie where they play father and son. And I watched that movie before I knew who like Adam, uh, Andy Samberg actually was, and I was it, it was a, a wild ride, very confusing. I have no idea. What so is that good casting? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's uh, that one Apple original too, uh, The Shriek Next Door. It has Will Ferrell, and I think he, it might be just a bit more serious based on the trailers mm-hmm. I've seen, um, which is just something I want to show since we're talking about comedic actors going into more serious roles. Although I haven't seen the show, so I don't really know. So that's a little off topic from yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> um, haven't really heard much from you guys about Fantastic Mr. Fox. I enjoyed it. For first time movie and first stop animation. I enjoyed it. 
I don't usually love stop animation. I really do. I like. I think I'm kind of like you, and I like the the craft of it. And and I marvel at like how did they do this? And it must have taken so much time. There's um, a movie. I believe it's the uh, the box trolls. Mm-hmm. At the very end, there's like a post credit scene where you've got two of the side characters talking to each other, and it kind of breaks the fourth wall and it pans out from the scene, and. It shows you images going really fast of people shifting it bit by bit, and I think it's really cool. Yeah. As much as I um, love Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think my favorite stop motion animation movie is Coraline. Yes, and I think it may be my favorite animation movie. Coraline. Just the colors and you know how they set everything up, like the and the garden too and the tunnel. Um, I, th- I think it's just very... Also, that movie gives my brother night terrors. And <laughs> Good! It's funny. Spooky. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm very impressed by that movie as well. That's great. Also, that's I, like I really like Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. That was I didn't see that, but I've heard the animation. I like Paranormal. The animation, the Paranormal. It's, Paranormal. it's a, like, that's Paranormal and Bostrals and Kubo. It's the same filmmaker. My mom watches Paranormal uh, when it's not Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty fun. But Kubo is like it's neat to see yes. that kind of um, like I guess like an action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. done. It's not as scary, but it's also bit very pretty. Yeah, they're all so. That is just like un- like underappreciated. It's so good. I I watched um Missing I Link a few months ago, okay. which is oh, yeah. the same studio. Yeah, yeah, it's so pretty. Is it? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. I, I kind of feel like those movies, for whatever reason, like, did you say, like, they're underappreciated? Yeah. Like, they, they kind of, like, I don't know why Kubo didn't get more attention yeah. when it came out. Like, it kind of came out, and anybody that I know that, that saw it thought that it was amazing, but, like, yeah. it just... It just fizzled out. Yeah. I think the reason yeah. why is because animation is so frequently associated with, like, Disney and Pixar, yeah. that yeah. people will go to see the Disney movie just because they know it's Disney, mm-hmm. and Disney has that reputation, whereas when it comes to more independent animation movies, they tend to struggle just a little bit more. There's also the fact that like a lot of people just immediately assume that animation is for the younger audience, yeah. which to some degree is true, but I... I there's also been this... Like there's there's like, always yeah, stuff for adults as well. I love children's movies. They're great. Yeah, like... Mm-hmm. But Pixar gets a lot of attention. Like, the, the uh, association with Pixar Disney. deserves the attention, in oh, my opinion. Pixar? Like, a lot of their movies, like, WALL-E, Up, you know, they kind of, again, kind of like what you're talking about, like, you know, movies that I started, like, stuff I saw as a kid and then I didn't really understand or appreciate until oh, I watched Inside it Out hits different when you're older. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it hurts myself. <laughs> but I feel like Pixar, like, like hits, like, heavier topics than Disney, which a lot of Disney movies are just, like, princesses, which, like, it's fine, but, like, I feel like the Pixar movies can be more relatable to, like, an average person that is not obsessed with princesses. So, yeah. Up makes me fall. I've never actually fully seen Up. Well, there was the montage at the beginning. Like, it, it I hit, saw it that. Was, uh, oh. Yeah, Liam showed it to me on the bus to, like, one of the marching band things because he really wanted me to see it. I, I get it. I think I showed it in media studies, did I? Last time? Uh, I, I don't think I did last time. Not I think with I usually do it when we hit film it. for, like, montage. And then, like, in a regular year, we would make a montage. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do. And so, like, <laughs> I, I showed it before I really thought through it. And so, like, showed it. And then, like, I just, like, like pull on, like, <laughs> fell in front of the class. There's a lot of, like, it's okay. It's okay. 
Would you like us? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we can leave and we'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you up sometime. <laughs> gotta, gotta pull it together. Yeah. It's like yeah. snot running down my face. <laughs> I've still yet to cry to a movie. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why, like, it's not like, well, I mean, I might be cold-hearted <laughs> and emotionless, but I don't think I am. See, um, I was like that, and then there's two movies I made you cry, and they were both children's movies. It was Coco, and it was Inside Out. Those are the only two movies. Um, I cried on Monday, when we watched Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah? <laughs> I cried okay, really easily. <laughs> I uh, cried, uh, the only movie I've cried to is Grave of the Fireflies, which is a uh, Studio Ghibli movie about two uh, siblings during... Uh, World War Two and the bombings, and they have to flee. And my God, it's depressing. <laughs> it, 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 it's just on YouTube. Like I found it, I watched it on YouTube. But I, I do recommend it if you want. It, it's very moving and powerful. Um, it's very sad though, and it does stick with you. Um, yeah, that's like, it. I feel like a lot of the movies are like these are the saddest movies. Ever. They're just not sad to me. Maybe it's not that I haven't had the right life experiences to make it <laughs> I, sad. I, I, yeah, I get that. I feel like they hype up, like, you see these lists, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Schindler's List is this, it's sad, but it's like, they say, oh, Schindler's List is the saddest mm-hmm. movie of all time, and then you're hype, you're waiting for it to be yeah. very, very sad, and, and you watch like, it, and it doesn't quite meet mm-hmm. your level of, like, what you're expecting it to be. It's still very sad. I do find it heartbreaking, especially with the goddamn, sorry, red dress. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of those emotional movies, like they try to pull your heartstrings, so there's like a, a reluctance. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like it, like you feel like they're trying you on. Reverse psychology. Yeah, well, then it, it feels like you're being manipulated, and so then there's like a response for a lot of people to just sort of be like, "No, I'm not going yeah. there." I have cried to a video game though. Oh yeah. Yeah. The it's my favorite game. It's called Iconoclast, and. My favorite character died in oh. one of the most depressing ways possible oh, no. because he's like a very upbeat and mm-hmm. self-confident mm-hmm. person and he loses all of his confidence Jesus. and you're trying to get out of this building and you're carrying him because he's like really sad but like you're on a moon base so all of the air is leaving the station you have to get out as soon as possible. All of the doors are locked by sensors, and you get to the last door, oh no. and the sensor is off the <gasps> panel and getting pulled by all of the suction with the air going out. So you have to put him down and leave him oh, no. there. That's so sad. And it, like, <laughs> I spent, like, ten minutes <laughs> trying to figure out how I could save him, and no. I... I actually came up with an idea that could have worked, but like the game wouldn't let me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at a list of the um, saddest movies, and The Lion King was <laughs> for whatever reason. I was cheering for Star the entire movie. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think I've ever fully seen The Lion King. I don't. It's I'm overrated. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's overrated, it in my opinion. It's just a ripoff of Hamlet. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Um, <laughs> Iconoclast is a very good game. I like the topics that it talks about. It's very pretty and story such, and I'm not going to stop talking about it. Because right, right you guys are getting misty. Well, I, that and I can talk about it for hours oh, because it's it's so well made and it's by one person. I tried to a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Anderson, have you seen uh, Mary and Max? 
the stop motion. A long time ago. Yeah. I saw it a long time ago at an age where I probably shouldn't have watched probably it. Probably not. Probably not. I was in like You're still not eight. old enough to watch that movie. Um, to process it fully and understand. But okay, okay, thank you. But um, that was a joke. I know it was. But, um, yeah, I watched it at a very young age. Not very young, but like grade eight, and kind of messed me up a little bit. But I, I, I think if I watched it again now, I would understand it a bit more, and not just be like shocked by it. Um, five feet apart was on the list I just saw. Oh no! It doesn't need to be there. <laughs> no. It doesn't need to. Like I don't know. The list My is 45 sad you. movies to watch. Oh, I did uh, see my friends and she started crying and then I laughed. It's so predictable. Like, one of them's gonna, like, leave or die. It's just like, I'm but over it's it. it's still sad. <laughs> I don't know. It was okay. I think sad is different for different people. And Eli was trying to say something. Oh, yeah. My sister, like, watches that movie religiously. Like, every week. She's watched it, like, probably over a hundred times and she bought the book, too. I tried reading the book, it was not for me. And she doesn't she doesn't cry at movies, neither do I. She laughs at them instead. She like she'll she'll laugh if a character dies. Well like her friends would be like crying, she'll be like, that's hilarious. Well it depends on how they die, because some deaths are funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't like in Drag Me Down to Hell, I didn't like I wasn't sad about it, but I was like, I feel bad for the character. I didn't feel bad for the character. I felt bad for the guy, like Justin. Oh Long. yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. I mean, but did, did she deserve to be tortured in hell? For I don't know if she deserved yes. to go to hell. I don't but think in that context anyone deserves to go to hell. I think that old bumpkin deserved <laughs> to go to hell. I'm not gonna say right now. I, okay, I don't know if she deserved to go to hell, but she did not deserve Justin Long. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for sure. Um. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is on this list. I saw that. I Have you seen that? No. It's a French. Oh my god. Okay. It's like this French lesbian movie. Yeah. That's all. Um, I've heard a lot about it. I think. Okay. This movie. God. Every like film creep is gonna talk about it. Um, like you know, it's the very. I'm not like other girls. It's Lady Bird. Oh. I think. Um, wait. On the cry list. It's not really cry worthy, but no. it's. It's. I think like it's something that it hurts makes my soul. understood because like yeah. at the end, you know, when you see her go oh back, my god, yeah, you know, I think that's it. Kind of gives you some perspective. Labored, like it's not like crying sad though. It's more like internal crisis sad. Yeah, uh, I'm working up the courage and time to watch Requiem for a Dream. Oh, that okay, so am I. It'll Take screw me up, but you yeah. know what? Um, and you know what? From what I've heard. Why don't they just show it instead of all these like anti-drug, you know, you know, presentations? Why don't they just make people watch *Requiem for a Dream* and no one will? All the anti-drug things just seem really pa- patronizing. Patronizing. I don't know which way you say it, but like, I'm, I'm obviously I'm joking. I'm joking. We should always show *Requiem for a Dream* to everyone. But I think it would. Interesting. It's uh, that okay. There are very few movies that I feel are like this, but I feel like I I deserve some sort of like certificate for watching it. <laughs> Like, it, it was hard. I did. 15 minutes in, I didn't know if I could actually finish watching the movie. My friend said the same thing. It's... I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and just... I'm going to do it just, just like... During like winter breaks, I have time you know. to, like, recover. I would like a certificate for watching Midsummer with my parents. Oh, yeah. You deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> a medal? I deserve a few medals for that. Mm. <laughs> um... 
I was wondering if we should bring it back to Fantastic Mr. Fox. I've heard of that movie. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, watched it. Oh, yeah, the scene where he's in the one of the tunnels and like the water's behind him. He's talking about how he's like, oh, I have to be like amazing or else people don't care. That scene, ooh, hurts me. That was a very revealing like it's part a, of his character, mm-hmm. and they didn't they didn't spend too much time on it, but you kind of understood everything he had mm-hmm. done up until that point. The other that also kind of in says something about like his child I forget the child's name. Ash right Ash, yeah. I feel like because like I even if uh, Mr. Foxy that's what I'm gonna call him from now on uh, he like d- didn't admit that but like you can kind of see in the way he acts that's what he thinks that you have to be amazing or else and I feel like that kind of like rubbed off on Ash because when Chris I can Christopherson showed up uh, he was the best at everything I feel like like Ash was like very hurt by that but like more than normal and I feel like Mr. Foxy's perspective of like being amazing rubbed off on Ash Mm -hmm. which by the way Ash love him I would like to mention we were talking about it before and I didn't get to slip it in Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox one of the my favorite things about the visuals is that there's absolutely no special effects there's one scene there's one scene one scene Trivia, it's the, when the water is flooding the flint mine. Oh. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah. Is that water or is that? Is that I don't cider. Know. It's cider. Cider. Liquid. It was cider. Yeah. Twist yeah. cider. Alcohol. Um, and they get washed away. Mm-hmm. Okay. But everything else is stop motion. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I hold so much respect for Fantastic Mr. Fox for that. Just Well, even, like, things that would take a ridiculous amount of effort that are probably ultimately unnecessary like like there's water in the background and then like or even like the fire at the end and the smoke mm-hmm. and, and that stuff uh one of the scenes that most impresses me is um when bean is tearing up the trailer i like that that's one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. just because like it's done really well mm-hmm. and all of it is done by hand. There's no special effects in it at all. So this movie really heavily leaned into the stop motion thing. They like made it with uh, 12 frames per second instead of the like average 24 because they wanted it to like be like choppy in a way, like how stop motion is. And I I love it. It's great. <laughs> I like the detail of seeing the fur move. It's like they have like a fan <laughs> in front like, of yeah. them. And I, I think that's really, really kind of fun. And I like that the models aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Like they, they look almost like um, like taxidermy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Especially like the shot off tail. Mm-hmm. It creeps me out. Um, but I, I, I like that, that the, they're not symmetrical and they're not quite perfect. And um, it lends a, I don't know, a, a weird kind of reality mm-hmm. to it, at least for the animals. Yeah. Like the scaling of the animals too. Like I think like I got the idea that Mr. Fox is like very small throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um like yeah. or in the kitchen too. Yeah. Well but I, I I think that was kinda neat just from how whimsical it was. I think they just do that with camera distance, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think the people are probably like about the same scale as the, the animals. Mm, I didn't know that actually. There's a guy that wears the tail as the tie. It's like a the normal tail is mm-hmm. like weird. Yeah. So I don't know. It's playing with perspective. It's fine. I like the scene where um, 
like the last scene where they're dancing in the grocery store but the other scene where they're stealing the cider and then the fo- Mr. Fox like twists his body into like the shape of a cider bottle <laughs> it, that was really amusing it was fun um, I like it whenever uh, Mr. Fantastic Fox uh, shows his teeth I don't know why just whenever he grins or like grimaces it's just funny to me um and also just i like how complex the backgrounds could be like there's a lot of um especially in the scene uh on the street when they were going through the street before it was set on fire by all the acorns and like the retaliation um I just like if you looked you can see just all these working parts in the background like the laundromat had the uh, laundry machine spinning there's just just a lot of working components and a lot of background scenes that I liked a lot. I think that's my favorite scene the, uh, the retaliation scene in the, in the fires happening I forget what it was called um, uh, I was going to say something, but my brain doesn't work. Um, Are we doing the food rating? Uh, we can do that. Do you have a favorite scene? Um, um, I don't know. Not really. Okay. The movie to me was just alright. Like, the model seemed weird to me, and like just that it just it go from like them like actually like talking to each other and then zoomed in on like on like that. When they're doing the heist, mm-hmm. it always like zoom in on like that one character. With, like, oh, the the, the, the awesome! I love that. Yeah. I love it when um, uh, Mr. Fox does yeah. <laughs> the same thing just, back to him. I, yeah. This hasn't been mentioned yet. But I find it so funny when they do like, "What the cuss are you talking?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just picked up on that like halfway through. I picked up on that when I was a kid, so I watched it. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I noticed that they, they were saying cuss, but I had no clue what they were actually casting. Yeah. What are they referring to? I remember what I was going to say, and Eli reminded me. I like that when they go to uh, to rob, that they actually wear masks. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. a completely unnecessary yeah. thing to do. And I know, I know they have like motorcycles and stuff, it's like completely yeah. stupid as well, but yeah. it's just like that they're wearing a mask. And it then the guy makes his out of the sock. I yeah. <laughs> love the it sock. Brings it brings in that, like, so many. <laughs> it brings in that like childhood kind of, just like, yeah. just like whimsical, you know, nature of the world. This movie makes yeah. me feel very warm. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's such, yeah. It's such a comfortable movie for me. Mm-hmm. My Instagram was based off of like this movie for a little bit, color palette wise. It's changed now to cooler because it's like winter. But it's very fall, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. movie, and I like fall. So mm-hmm. favorite scenes? The retaliation scene. Okay. Um, the rap fight scene. Sadly, you didn't see it, but it was uh, I've seen the uh, movie once before, okay. and mm-hmm. that's my favorite scene. I apologize for the skipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we need, need to, to fix that. Right. It always cuts out at like the worst yeah. 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 <laughs> The timing's impeccable. Liam, uh, I don't think Liam was like watching the movie when you were talking about how bad it was because you thought that someone was generally skipping stuff, and he's so confused yeah. about it. He's like, well, "Why are they skipping everything? <laughs> I actually want to watch this." This one had a weird thing where like, did it pull up the title? 
kind of card. Yeah. 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 It looked like it was skipping like to the screen and it's the same Yeah. It looked like someone was sitting on the remote. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Um, scoring for the movie? Okay. Oh, my. Oh, the scoring? What would I give the scoring? A strong four and a half. Okay. Like, if we're being like more specific, like 4.8. Ooh, that's high. Maybe 4.7. I think 4.7 is... 4.6. Hey, we'll go sell 4.5, okay? Okay. If you want an artistic, or like just trying to be as film critical as possible, 4.5, but in my opinion, it's it's five stars for me. I, I love this movie. It's my favorite. <laughs> I've got just nostalgic attachment to it and I have a lot of respect for it. I'm amused by it. It's entertaining. It's one of my, like, I enjoy the kind of humor that it brings to the table and it's just, it's one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie. (laughs) For any Wes Anderson movie, I think comedically, they get better the more you watch them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like an acquired taste. You have to get used to it. It is. Not to be pretentious or anything. But yeah. <laughs> but there's an awkwardness to his humor. There's, like, a, there's a very noticeable eccentric sort of feel that it has, and I really like eccentric stuff. So Me too. Just but his movies, my first time through, I just feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really sure what I should be laughing at. Mm-hmm the first time through because I just feel like this yeah. like awkwardness and so the second time through I kind of I kind of know mm-hmm. how to watch it mm-hmm. and so like uh, Moonrise Kingdom is just like first time through I'm like I just feel uncomfortable yeah. I don't know what's funny I'm not <laughs> sure what's not is that funny and then the second time through because I I kind of know what's going to happen I can relax a little bit mm-hmm. what was Anderson movie do you think is like the best to start off with to get into him my favorite is the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I think that's because um, <clears throat> there's, it's where he's kind of finding his voice, I think, mm-hmm. but it's before he moves in and everything becomes like him playing with the doll hairs. And I think that there's a level of like obsession and control that he exerts over everything <clears throat> eventually, where it just it becomes somebody playing with yeah. with action figures, sort of. And that one, it still has a little bit more heart mm-hmm. and a little bit more emotion. Is that the one with both the Wilson brothers? Yeah. Yeah, that confused me when I was watching it. Um, and I, I think that it was before he he really controlled his actors. And so like he allowed the actors to, to kind Control. of yeah. be themselves a little bit more, and they got to bring a little bit more to it. So. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like eventually, like they become stunning visually, but there, there's a there's like these uh, weird lulls in there. Yeah, but there's a coldness. Mm-hmm. I think even as warm as they are, because color palette is always warm. There's all oranges and yellows and stuff. There's there's a emotional coldness mm-hmm. to it that I think the Royal Tenenbaums um, avoids. But like it's still like it has his kind of style and like. The, the dollhouse kind of effect yeah. and like the weird costumes, like mm-hmm. all of that is still maintained, but it's, it's before he's kind of um, micromanaging mm-hmm. everything. Have you seen the SNL skit that's like the Wes Anderson horror movie? Yeah. Yes. It's, I love that, it's hilarious. And I would love to see Wes Anderson Ooh. branch out into a different type of movie. Yeah, they're all like 
comedies or this like a little dark in them. Yeah, but like a Wes Anderson heist movie or a Wes Anderson, Ooh. like an actual Wes Anderson mm-hmm. horror movie or a Wes Anderson action movie. I, like, I think I do a lot with like a horror movie. Me with too. Adding his little like twists into them. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it'd be really fun. Or like what if Wes Anderson directed like a Ghostbusters movie or like I just yeah. think that if he were to or a Wes Anderson war movie, like I think that there could be some really interesting things that he could do because it just seems like he's playing he's like stuck in a box yeah just, like yeah, yeah. He, he's in the same sandbox mm-hmm. i hope when i watch the french dispatch because i will watch oh, yeah. that it won't kind of Ooh, feel like that apparently Danny Chalamet is like really good that like he has a like good like comedic timing and like body comedy like the way he moves did you watch it no i haven't yet. i've seen some clips though it's, oh, it's good okay. i need to watch it i've been excited for for a while i just don't have time right now what did you ask about uh, like a good entry. I don't know. I told Sara to watch this movie, and I think it was her first Wes Anderson movie, and she liked it. But she said it wasn't a movie she could just like sit and watch. She would have to do something while watching it. And like, I really like Wes Anderson movies, but I know that they're like an acquired taste because it's yeah. t- it's taken me a few months to get like really into them. Uh-huh. So I was wondering. Uh, she might really like Rushmore. Mm-hmm. That was the one just before. I I think it's his his most comedic. Like, it's, it's his most straight-up comedy, if he has a straight-up yeah. comedy. Um, so that might be good for her. But she likes she likes comedy. Yeah. So that one that one might work yeah, for her. I don't know. Because World Tenenbaums, there's some heavy... It's a little dark. Yeah, elements to it. Hmm. How would you score? Five Wait, five. did we... How yeah, would you yeah. score? Uh, I have the same score as you of, like... Technically, like a four for a five, but it is a five in my heart. I love it. Yeah. Same. Great. Yeah. Same. We're like sheep. We're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the craft of it is phenomenal. I think it looks amazing, and I can watch it like that. And there is a warmth, and I think it comes down to like it's like watching a child play with toys. That like the care and the the love and the interest that he he lends to it is phenomenal but at the same time I think maybe like Sara it, like it doesn't really capture my attention mm-hmm. I find the comedy like I, I do like that kind of dry comedy but I I'm not terribly interested mm-hmm. in it it seems slow and maybe if it wasn't quite as long maybe if it, if it clocked in at I don't know maybe like 70 minutes um but i don't think it's bad by any means um i'm probably maybe a three and a half for and i i know that probably hurts <laughs> people and it makes me feel bad and and i it, it definitely doesn't mm-hmm. it shouldn't detract from from your appreciation no, i understand it. your your reasoning um so maybe maybe it's just not for me yeah um, and uh, it's a movie that I've tried. I've tried to like more. There is blocking us. <laughs> I, I moved it on purpose. <laughs> um, because I know that it's so dear for so many people. And when it first came out, like people, people were loving it. And so I watched it. And I'm like, I'm, I, I must not be getting something. And so I watched it again. And it's like, I still must not be getting <laughs> it. And and I'm I'm kind of there still. I've, mm-hmm. I've really tried, and I want to love it. And I, I still just, I, I think it's beautiful, but it's, I'm not yeah. there mm-hmm. for whatever reason. 
3.5. I didn't like it as much because I don't have any like nostalgia. The most nostalgia I have is seeing Hamatu's on YTV. <laughs> like every week it was always was fan it? fantastic Mr. Fox. That's the most nostalgia I get because of how many commercials I've saw for it. Uh, I'll give it a 4.5. Okay. I enjoyed the stop animation and I enjoyed the plot and kind of humor. And Same. 4.5. It's really good. Cool. Um, we didn't really talk about the cast. I think the cast is pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Meryl Streep did a good job voice acting. Meryl Streep, I think George Clooney has a great voice as well. Um, Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, like it's it's a really interesting plot. The voices fit like the characters yeah. and the animals very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you know we had whatever the heck um, Kylie was was he a mole? Possum. Possum. The possum. That's what it was. It kind of felt that like it fit his nature in a way. Mm -hmm. The rat's voice. Oh, the Willem rat. Dafoe as the rat. Mm -hmm. he's that was amazing. He sat, yeah, he's kind of like, shares the energy of a rat. <laughs> and, and I like that he threw on an accent mm -hmm. for it as well, because that's on his, his regular speaking voice. Um, yeah, I, th I think the cast is, is really good. And, uh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, food pairing. What should you eat if you're watching the Fantastic What? Movie? Oh, I... Fox. Fox? No! Chicken. Chicken? Chicken. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Squaw. Fried. Squaw. What is squaw? Fried, it's enjoyable. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, every occasion or something. Third time's a chicken. No, like, fried chicken? like, like fried chicken. chicken wings. Oh, chicken wings would be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel, I don't know, is there a really wholesome kind of chicken dinner? No, no but they're going to soup. With chicken fingers would be good. They, they take the chicken, and they eat it, and they enjoy it, so I kind of have that mutual comfort. You know, like they're enjoying the chicken, I'm enjoying my chicken. We're kind of connected in a <laughs> yeah. way. Um, if we're talking about uh, eating during the movie, I'm not so sure, but pairing the movie with uh, food, my uh, aunts will come together before COVID and um, make Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners. Yeah. And I, th it's really good. Uh, mm -hmm. I miss it a lot, but um, they always make really good food, and I really like the turkey dinners, and I kind of relate it to the movie a lot, because it's very homey and comforting, mm -hmm. and also just, it's a very fall-like movie, and I associate those dinners with fall, so. Is it my turn? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking potato wedges. I feel like those would go very nicely with it. Kind of like earthy. spicy ones? Not like spicy, but like spiced. Like seasoned. Yeah, seasoned. Yeah. Garlic? Yes, I love garlic. Garlic powder is like the one spice I use in like literally everything. Garlic parmesan fries are really good. And now I want them. <laughs> uh, saltine crackers in chicken noodle soup. I thought you were going to say just salty crackers. I, I was, was like, how blend? I have some, I think, they're my, they're my de like depression. I okay, no, I have a box of them in my room. But yeah, like, I keep one in my room all the time really? in case you don't agree. Yeah, in the middle yeah. of the night. <laughs> can you eat, like, a sleep at a time? Yes, yes I can, absolutely. Yeah. Anyone I will do it. who doesn't like crackers in their soup is a monster. 
I do not trust them in any way, shape, or form. The only soup that I have crackers in is tomato, and that's a yeah. Fair enough. That is good. Okay, what about wonton soup? I don't like the the little stick crackers are like orangish. I don't like those. Oh, like those little noodly crackers. Yeah, I love those. But they have like dry noodles that you can have with them. It's really good. Honestly, I'm not that big of a fan of soup. Like, it's not for me. I'm not crazy about soup. I like only if I'm like. Or if it's winter. I mean, your soup. To me, it's chicken noodle, and then there's like a few like Korean soups I like, but like. I've put an entire sleeve of crackers in a soup before. But is it even soup, or is it just like. I'm trying to think of. It's cereal soup. It'd it'd be more like cold soup, like flavored cracker. Actually, that would be pretty good. I will eat um, wonton soup and gazpacho any day of the week. Chicken noodles, a bit of a craving before I eat it, but when it's homemade, it's really good. And there's a soup called Uh, matzo ball soup. Oh, matzo ball soup is good. It's very good. It's my favorite soup. I like squash soup. I don't like, like squash. I don't like squash like at all, but I like uh, squash soups and pumpkin spice soups. See, I really dislike those like thick soups. Like, oh, yeah. are they cream based? I don't know. But I don't like, like those. I can only have like half portions though, because they can like get very overwhelming like if you the, have like, too much. I like the broth based ones. Mine has to have a good broth and lots of stuff in it. Yes. Because when there's lots of stuff, it kind of adds more flavor mm-hmm. to the broth too. I don't mind cream, but I mainly have broth. Wiki. Food pairing. That was theirs. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with um, pumpkin spiced pancakes. Oh, okay. With, uh, with like a cream cheese. So, okay, so you take, um, you have to have at least two pancakes, mm-hmm. and then you put like a cream cheese kind of frosting in the middle. So it's like. And then like, maple syrup on top. So you're making like. A pumpkin spice pancake cake. Yes. With a drizzle of. I might make that sometime. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. And I, I think it comes down to like the fall and the comfort sort of thing. And I find very few things as comforting as breakfast or dinner. I really mm. thought that you were going to say jacket on. I was, I was thinking of a bunny soup. What? Excuse me, what? Bunny. Rabbit. Like rabbit. You yeah. have very okay. eccentric Rabbit stew versus bunny stew are two. <laughs> they give different but emotions. I know, I know, but everybody knows that like the younger the meat is that you're eating, the more delicious, right? No. That's like yeah. veal. I don't oh. actually like veal. Yeah. I've never had veal. Babies taste better because of icebreaker. I've had snow piercer. Oh, no. Babies taste best. I know what people taste like. Babies. I know babies taste the best. <laughs> I like that Eli said that he got that idea from Icebreaker, which makes it sound like he met somebody for the first time, and that's what Icebreaker was. Hey, oh uh, yeah, so I just met you, and I, I, I figured the first thing you need to know is I really think that babies okay, are delicious. I, I don't care for that movie that much. It's not one I would watch again, personally. Which one? So, Icebreaker. I mean, Icebreaker. Okay, Icebreaker. I'm thinking the mints. <laughs> The baby flavored ice cream. You're gonna mention this in English tomorrow. I you better believe it. Like, <laughs> you seem like after we talk on the podcast, you like one of my asked me like at like the beginning of class because like no one comes in. You have like Marshall and 
his people. Then you have like girls who sit over there now, and then there's just me in the middle. Yep. Ellie's over there. Yeah. Scream to assert dominance. She can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Do I though? Or you can do what I do and just wait in the bathroom for a few minutes so that you're not the first in class. Just talk. And it was so pretty. Food pairing. We did ours. Yeah. We did ours. We talked about soup for so long that he lost the numbers. Circles, literally. Hey, I have Alzheimer's. That's no excuse. And Your brain cells are dying. No excuse. Has anyone seen um, Memento? No. Nope. 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 Okay. Maybe we should watch it. Have we? We have, yes. Yeah? Okay. That's the one where it's like uh, I just didn't think going about back and forth episode. between times, right? Yeah. Memento? Dude puts yeah. tattoos, right? There's a right? episode yeah. where uh, Memento keeps losing his memory and Jay keeps calling it Memento disease, but everyone else calls it Finding Dory disease. <laughs> 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 and the like, the scientific name for the disease is Finding Dory. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that episode. Yeah, that was a good episode. Obviously, I don't remember that episode because I have no working memory at all. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know what we're watching next week. You said The Seven Wilds? No. I need but no? I was intrigued by it. I think we're being really loud. Yeah, thank you. I want to watch Missing Link. You literally said that you already watched yeah. it. I don't care. I want to rewatch it. It's so good. Do you have Baby Driver? And yeah. it's good. Yes. I just I saw a clip of it. We watched it recently it was good. for the club. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to watch things that uh, Hewan has not seen. What about I'm thinking of ending things? Oh, we talked maybe. about that. Because that's weird. Yeah. So we'd need to find. Uh, I'd need to find a, a physical copy Why? because we can't watch Netflix. Oh, it's so uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> So getting slower. Or, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no. legal, legal, no. legal, legal, legal website or illegal copy. Um, I'll see what things. Uh, I have access as uh, like while we're here to a couple streaming services. What streaming services? Uh, there's something called Criterion on Demand, mm-hmm. oh uh, so I can peruse that. Or. That's where I saw that um, Annihilation mm-hmm. was listed, and I, I was kind of craving a, a rewatch of that. Um, so I can look there for things. I, I really want to do uh, Beast of the Southern Wild, but it's a Netflix movie, and uh, and I couldn't find it anywhere else. Okay. What if I download it legally? legally. Beast of the Southern Wild. Okay. I'm gonna do that. Beast of the Southern Wild. It's really neat. BitTorrent. It's a fun place. That's not legal. I I did quotations. Yeah, I know. As we're recording a podcast, I feel like I need to inform you that that is not a legal place to get movies. Okay, but I feel like you can tell by the way we're saying legal. It's very clear that it's not being recorded. I feel the need to declare that that is not. No, we would we would never do that. Never. We have Hulu. What? We have Hulu. Do we have Hulu? We don't. Okay, wait a minute. Why can't we watch Netflix? We, I know we can't, but what if we use a VPN? But that is not legal. Yes, it is.